uh what's the name of this movie uh, planes trains <laughs> and automobiles if you can get through saying the name it's like oh no i watched planes fire and rescue <laughs> i have all these things about the history of dane cook's career <laughs> oh what was this nominated for <sighs> the american comedy award no they give that out John Candy was nominated as funniest actor in a motion picture in a leading role. Steve Martin was not. <laughs> kind of like when Jake Gyllenhaal got snubbed for Brokeback Mountain. It's like, uh, there were two people in all those scenes. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I am Ricky. I'm Grayson Howe. And today we are uh, talking about the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, the perfect Thanksgiving film. Yeah. I. So this was like my first time watching this film. Um, but now I, I feel like I've wasted so many Thanksgivings not watching this movie. There's a finite number of Thanksgiving-specific films, and this is one of them. It really is. It was It was just a ton. Man, I, I enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this movie. It originally came out in 1987. Um, it actually came out November 25th, which I don't know if that was like a Thanksgiving day in 1987. Might have oh. been. Only the internet will know. I hear Thanksgiving Day is actually a pretty big go-to-the-movies day. Yeah, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, because families don't want to talk to each other. They want to do something together, but heavens no, not a conversation. (laughs) Listen, we've talked enough. Let's go see a flick. It actually came out when it was on the Wednesday, so. Oh, so. Was that uh, White Wednesday? (laughs) Yeah, White Wednesday and then Mm -hmm. Black Friday. Yeah, Yeah, White Wednesday, Thanksgiving, Black Friday is the progression. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, the um, yeah, it came out originally in 1987, um, and it was man, I I I I don't know what to say because I just finished as soon as I finished uh, watching the movie. Uh, Grayson called me so he could start recording the podcast, and I was like, oh, great! I am just like right off the cusp of it. It was so much fun. Like I laughed a lot. Yeah, a lot of good bits in it. So, *Planes, Trains, and Automobile* is a John Hughes film. Uh, it uh, was the movie that he directed and released right after uh, Ferris Bueller. And I say right after, meaning it was the next film that he worked on. It wasn't like, okay, great. You guys enjoy Ferris Bueller? Watch this movie right now. Yeah. Although, the way John Hughes cranked out films, it was probably like the week after he did Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Basically, well, because he, I forget like his filmography, but, like, I think it was something to the effect, like, he did Weird Science and Pretty in Pink in, like, the same year or something like that. The guy was a machine. Like yeah. He, the, he, like, Home Alone, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. Yeah. He was the voice of the 80s. He really was. Breakfast Club and Weird Science were released in the same year. Then he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Then Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And then She's Having a Baby. And then Uncle Buck. Yeah. And those were his 80s films. Then after that? What did he do after that? What happened to John Hughes after the 80s? <laughs> uh, he did Curly Sue, um, some other stuff. Sounds right. Sounds right. Oh, yeah. He did the Home Alone films. 
and 101 Dalmatians and Dennis the Menace and the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. I did not realize he did those movies. Hmm. Like the live action in 101 Dalmatians. Wow. So in the 90s, instead of focusing on teenagers like he did in the 80s, he focused on smaller kids acting the fool. Yeah, he's like a filmmaking Benjamin Button. Random hmm. fact. The last film he worked on was Owen Wilson's Drillbit Taylor. That was the last one? That was the last film he worked on. You know, there's something said about knowing when to quit. <laughs> also, the phrase is, there's something to be said. Not right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll re-say it. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to be said about knowing when to quit. Yes, which is a flawless transition. To the recap of the movie, it starts with our lead character... Uh, played by Steve Martin. Uh, his name is Neil human. Page. There it goes. <laughs> Say human. <laughs> I was hoping I could get to the IMDb page fast enough. Human centipede. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the wrong page. Oh no, sorry, wrong page. I'm on the wrong page. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve Martin's character, Neil Page. He is. Uh, he works in marketing, and he is waiting to be released from work so he can go catch his plane the plane part of the movie. Uh, so he can try to catch a plane to go home and see his family. And his boss is taking a really long time. And then he leaves. And then he hails a cab. And which makes, uh, leads us to our first cameo of many throughout this movie. Mm. Kevin Bacon's in this movie. Um, I was so surprised. Like I watching this movie and I audibly said, Kevin Bacon. And he steals a cab from Stephen Martin and goes off to what I assume is just another movie cameo. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, well, maybe this is going to pay off and he's going to come back. He no, never he never comes back. So if you're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, this is a really good one to use because there are so many cameos in it. That it it's kind of a – it's like a junction of all these other films. Yeah. Like, it, it – it really threw me off. Like, I was like, uh, okay. And he just drove off. And uh, I, I like that whole scene, like him trying to hail a cab, because it felt like they they didn't shut down New York. It felt like they were just like, all right, let's just film and see what happens. <laughs> like, I feel like that's how they recorded that scene. And it was, it was really entertaining. <laughs> Kevin Bacon just gets stabbed in the neck. Ah, <laughs> oh, we should have shut down the streets. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Poor it's Kevin. just a time traveler saying, this is for Invisible Man. Ugh. I was like, what is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then um, the way the attorney delivered the line, I don't have a good nature, sir. I'm just like, oh, man, this movie's going to be a treat. <laughs> like, I really, uh, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. And then they hit uh, the airport. He finally hits the airport, freezes over, and then... Uh, it was the only thing that I really saw that was kind of dated uh, was people smoking inside the airport and uh, oh, people yeah. reading newspapers. Like, those are the only dated things I saw. That's true. I, we, we've said it in previous episodes, but lack of cell phones is always a big one. Right. Where it's just a situation could have been solved with a cell phone. Yep. But yeah, yeah you're like, right. They were smoking in the airport. And the fact that they were fighting over cabs and not just taking an Uber. Right? I, I wrote this down. I want, and this is kind of jumping the gun, uh, but I want a modern-day remake to be called Ubers, Lyfts, and Airbnb. Oh. Ubers, Lyfts, and Airbnb. 
But my fear would be that it would date itself immediately, uh, just like you've got mail. That's true. It is pretty specific. Or if one of the companies, I'm not saying that this is true, but if one of the companies ended up being like super corrupt and be like, oh, that's right. We did that deal with, with that company that ended up like employing children. You heard it here first on Flashback Flicks. One of these businesses <laughs> is corrupt. You decide. Yeah. I was thinking, well, we- dude, where's my Enron? But that makes absolutely <laughs> zero sense. How did you lose a company? Enron found a way to do it. It was on the roof. Oh, the roof. Bernie Madoff was on the roof. Hey, come down here and party with us, Bernie. You're such a good guy. Oh, hindsight's uh, twenty twenty, huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're in the airport, which brings us to our second cameo. Ben Stein, he just comes mm. in. Literally, like, one shot. Not even, like, multiple shots like Kevin Bacon. Like, Kevin Bacon was, like, in a scene. He's, like, in a shot where he just makes an announcement, which I assume he was just actually there to fly off somewhere else. And he's like, hey, do you mind doing this line? Like, yeah, sure thing. And then Ben Stein just makes the announcement. Ben Stein. So you said this was after Ferris Bueller's Day Off, correct? Yep. Right. So this is on the heels of Bueller... Bueller, and then thought, hey, we need to give this guy a role where he is speaking in public again. Yeah. Ben St- I love Ben Stein. I, I used to watch the show Win Ben Stein's Money. Did you ever watch too. that? Yes. Yeah. It was on Comedy Central before school, and so I would watch it. Because Ben Stein is a legitimately smart guy. He's genius. Like, I like that. Like, that game show was, like, really, really interesting. Yeah, I think he was in... He was in some administration. He was like in the Nixon administration or something weird like that, or worked on a campaign for someone. I don't know. All of that could be false. Wow. Just like one you of these three companies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, things happen, and um, they find their way uh, staying the night because of the layover. And then we have a Doobies uh, Uber, which I think is a perfect name. Yeah. For... I think just combine them, make a Doober. Perfect. Yeah. You hear that? The remake will just be uh, du- Duber's Uber Ride. Uh, Duber, just... where's my Uber? <laughs> it's unintelligible. You I'm telling can't you, understand one it. of these days, we're just going to come up with like the best idea for a movie, and we're going to see it, and then we know that Hollywood listens to our podcast. Like, oh, Duber's, where's my Uber? It's a coincidence. They probably got <laughs> to that point on their own. That's pretty specific. Uh, okay, specific. we have an update on the Ben Stein history. He was yeah. a speechwriter and lawyer for Nixon, and then later Gerald Ford. Wow, the guy was Nixon's lawyer. What an unenviable job that is! <laughs> and he still came out like on I, top. Yeah, he said, "You know what? I'm going to try acting. I mean, I've done everything." <laughs> It's like, uh, Richard, I quit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, yeah, I I love that so much. <laughs> One of the things I realized throughout this movie is, uh, we've talked about Save the Cat before, and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, it, it's good to have a character uh, do something nice or something goodwill like that has you root for them. I was not rooting for Steve Martin, like throughout most of the movie like he like the only redeemable thing is that 
oh, he's trying to get home to his family. Yeah. But otherwise, he's kind of a jerk. It's kind of a slow burn that you have yeah. to remember he wants to do it for his family. And he, he does emphasize that it is for the family, not so he can like get home and soak his feet or whatever. It, it's about him being with his family. But you're right. right. He His first scene of throwing people out of cabs and just losing his temper, it does yeah. not ingratiate you to him. No. Yeah, and then like once they get to the hotel, which is one of my favorite lines, or the one of favorite lines of you know when you greet people you have like a joke that you say with them he's like hey how's it going he's like still a million bucks short of being a millionaire and they just laugh heartily i'm just like i I need that i i I, it's it's one of those phrases that you know is like a cliched saying but now i want to use it every single year especially at thanksgiving it's gonna be a thanksgiving tradition for me yeah, but then your family's been like, "Are oh, you having money problems? Do you need, do you need help? I can help you." Yeah, it's like no, it's just hey, a no, thing. No, let's watch planes, trains, and yeah, you'll, you'll get it. it. It kills in my hometown. It's awesome. Uh, we we mentioned the the Doobie Cab. Uh, Larry Hankin is the cab driver there, which if yeah. you ever watched Friends, is Heckles, the guy that lives below them that dies. Yeah, that, that's that's Heckles. Really? Yeah, Bob ba, ba, ba Buttons. That's so the, what he names the the cat. <laughs> That's my cat. Here, Bob Buttons. <laughs> uh, he's also the dog catcher in Annie. So I don't know why his character is constantly trying to collect domesticated animals, but that's Larry Hankins' thing. Oh man! Uh, so our buddy flew right. He's been I'm using familiar. this phrase. <laughs> so he's been using this phrase I've never heard before. But he uses it in a in a in a way that talks about like, hey, yeah, like you're embarrassing this guy or like shouting at this guy, like <laughs> like. He, but, so it's a it's a word that it's a phrase to describe that. And what's, he says, what's the phrase he uses? Verbally undressing. Verbally undressing. Verbally undressing. <laughs> that that's <laughs> I've never heard of that before. But he used it multiple times without pausing without like making a joke out of it but he's just yeah so this guy's just verbally undressing this dude and i'm just like i don't know i'm so i'm like is that a thing like is that a thing if it were that's what steve martin does to poor poor uh del griffith uh in the middle of the hotel he just starts verbally undressing the dude while he is just taking it and it's just like I'm sorry. I need to work on phrasing. Um, <laughs> that was atrocious phrasing. <laughs> please. All right. Let me redo that, please. No, I'm going to leave it in. There's <laughs> nothing you can do. He's uh, verbally undressing the dude while just taking it. I am so sorry. Uh, no. Well. Like this like this movie, that was one of the many train wrecks of my <laughs> <laughs> And we just have to live with it and move on. Um, anyway, he in- verbally undresses Deed. And uh, and he, he, you really feel for Del Griffith's character because he's just a really nice guy. And I'm just, I'm rooting for him more than Steve Martin. I'm like, I don't. I, and it was weird because like throughout the movie, like I never truly hated Steve Martin's character. I was just never like truly rooting for him. But uh, you know better than I do, just with like John Hughes and like how he type, likes to um, take people on journeys, or uh, not. Or who am I thinking of? 
who did Flight? Oh, uh, Robert Zemeckis. I'm thinking of Zemeckis. Never mind. No, John Hughes does that as well, though. He presents this character flaw right up front. Breakfast Club is a great example of it. And then over the course of 90 minutes, you see the transformation of them. Home Alone, even. Uh, You have this ungrateful kid that just wants to be independent. And over the course of his experiences, he appreciates his family by the end. I mean, it's a pretty common thing to see in, in a character but john hughes definitely brings that out through neil page I was like this guy is a jerk to people like he's not nice at all and so uh dell kind of being a punching bag as a vehicle to to get neil page to that point yeah so uh then we finally get to the trains part of the movie which i really like how it, uh, the act structure basically is like okay great here's the planes act here's the trains act here's the automobiles act and on top of that, at the very beginning of the movie, the sound effects flat out give away the title and structure of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You hear the plane taking off, you hear the train on the tracks, and you hear car traffic noises. Like, yeah. yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I've never is... heard the title of a movie in such a way. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, is if you did Star Wars, it would just be balls of gas exploding <laughs> into each other. Like, that's the equivalent of it, I guess. It would just be silence. It would just be, like, explosions going off in the vacuum of space. Yeah. Or, like, Juno would just be a moose walking on the snow. Uh, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, what do so, what do movie titles sound like? What do they sound like? Speaking of sounds, throughout this whole movie, I'm like, I want this soundtrack. Like, I love the music throughout this entire movie. Like, it is so... Like the pacing and the like, I feel like the music really punctuates the scenes really, really well. Mm-hmm. It, it does an amazing job. Like I, I didn't look up because I, I, I didn't have time to. But I, I want to see if there's a soundtrack available, and I want to listen to it because it was, it was just great. I'm sure because what's the song that John Candy sings? The turnaround? A uh, mess around. Mess around. Yeah, the mess, mess around. around. Everybody do the mess around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so w- when they're on the train, uh, there's a U.S. Weekly uh, with family ties on the cover. Mm. Other thing that kind of dates the movie. Because uh, the title said, Why We Love Family Ties. I'm like, wow, cover U.S. Weekly. They made yeah, that could US still Weekly. be a, a People magazine cover. Well, <laughs> true. Mm. And it's just uh, the cast of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Why We Love Family Ties. <laughs> oh man and then uh so i didn't realize this because uh, over the course of our friendship i've heard you use this phrase of just like oh man don't punch me don't punch me oh don't hit me in the gut that's how we've been in some pretty rough situations yes (laughs) yeah so we've been in a, a couple of uh rumbles um snaps and uh musical numbers uh but when he he said hey you should you you should have punched me back there that's who who, that's how houdini died i lost it i'm like that's what is this where is that where you got it from yeah so i i don't know if this is where i got it from but that is something my wife and i say all the time be like ah don't don't hit me in this don't don't hit me in the stomach because th- that's how Houdini died. Or anytime she just like pats my stomach or something. Like, hey, Houdini, that's how Houdini <laughs> died. And so when that came on, she was watching it with me. I looked at her I'm like ah 
Uh, yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if I got it from this or if that's just a thing I knew that they also knew, but uh, yeah, guys, I mean, we're at the same library. It is history that that he was sucker punched right before a show, and uh, uh, yeah. he ended up dying because I believe his appendix burst. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. One of the greats, or somewhere else. So we go to this point in time in the movie where um, Del Griffith is a uh, he is a shower. Uh, what is it? A shower hook. The, the shower ring salesman. That's John Candy's He's a profession in the movie. Rings salesman. Which I'm curious to hear about how that industry is doing now. Like I like is that like that can't be a thing anymore, can well, it? I know my building is all sliding glass. Uh, yeah. There are would, still shower rings. There are, but I feel like, I mean, that like that whole profession was interesting to me, and I loved how it was set up at the beginning. It's like, yeah, I'm a shower ring salesman, and then it paid off when they were doing, they were selling them as rings mm-hmm. to people just, like, in the airport or the bus stop where they were to make cash for their meal i was like that's amazing and he's like hey this is czechoslovakian ivory i'm like what is he talking about and then i I put it together i'm like oh man this is like such a like the whole movie is such a fun journey because i forget how movies fall into these you know you typically have like these uh coming of age stories or you have these rom-coms or these comedies but all of them are basically like story arcs but then there are also these kinds of movies where i mean you have the arcs but it's not necessarily about the characters developing per se but it's really about going along pun intended for the ride oh he said it roll credits um and it i mean you're along for the ride and you're trying to see how they interact with each other in these different situations it's uh i think you told me something to the effect of like you know a sketch is something where it um the same bit is done there's the same game is being played in different scenarios and it can basically go on forever right you have the premise or the game of the scene and uh, you're able to build in anything that contributes to that game. As long as you're contributing to the central premise, you can keep going because yeah. it, it serves the scene. Whereas the relationship that these two have, because it is a buddy comedy, uh, the relationship right. can exist in a variety of of locations and scenarios. So for as many cities as they travel through and as many modes of transportation as they travel on, that could have been part of the movie for all intents and purposes. Yeah, totally, and uh, and, and I, I really liked how um, <laughs> we got to uh, just Steve Martin just physically getting upset. Like I, Steve Martin physically just getting angry and like waving his arms about was just maybe one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the movie. Um, and then when he gets to the point where he goes to the desk and just verbally undresses this woman uh, at the ticket counter and. <laughs> It's just, man, just expletive after expletive after <laughs> expletive. Which, yeah, it's an uh, F-bomb before every noun that he says. Yep, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that was actually the reason why uh, the movie got an R rating, and John Hughes wanted that. Uh, John Hughes, like we said before, he had done uh, 
all these different uh, teen movies. He did 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobile was his first film outside of, um, you know, his more or less greatest hits about being an angsty teen. And so he wanted an R rating because he didn't want people to think that he was just um, doing another teen movie and just trying to cash in on just, like, cranking out another movie. And um, it, it happened. <laughs> he, yep. definitely, he definitely got that R rating. Because you only get one for a 13, right? You get one F, F word. I, I think so. I think you get a one F word um, and two verbal undressings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the system. That's the system. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of teenagers in the movie anyway. So there's no way it could be a teen movie. The, he does have kids, which mm-hmm. brings us to our next cameo. Little Neil, Steve Martin's son... Uh-huh. Played by, did you see who it was? I didn't. Matthew Lawrence. No. Yeah, that's the Matthew that Lawrence Matthew of Lawrence. brotherly love. Yeah, Joey Lawrence's no. younger brother, Andrew Lawrence's older brother. What? That was Man. Matthew Lawrence. It doesn't Those make s- these Big cameos. brown eyes. Yeah. Cameos oh, on cameos. That is crazy. Oh, and also Eddie McClurg. She, she was the she ticket was a, counter lady. Yeah, she was a ticket counter lady. I was like Eddie McClurg, like, like <laughs> I, either. I I just think that John Hughes was just like the um who who's the director nowadays who just like has all these famous friends like like uh James Franco. I feel like he was just the James Franco. I was like, hey, I'm doing a movie. You guys want to come out? I was like, ow, of course, man. Why <laughs> not? Judd Apatow. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah, Judd Apatow. Yeah, and so then from the time that they uh, get off of the train and get the whole train situation settled, we hit to the automobile section uh, where the movie uh, basically turns into Murphy's Law, the movie. Uh, just so many things happen. And uh, one of the things I love, because I, one of the things that was very prevalent to me was like how much Dell's character was smoking. And uh, mm. I was just like, wow, like, I don't know if this is, like, a commentary of, like, the time or if it was, like, a John Candy stipulation that he needed to um, in the movie. Like, they they were just, they weren't, like, uh, heavy-handed on it. It's just, like, it was just something that didn't play background to a thing. It was just, like, very prominent, and they brought it up. And yeah. then the payoff, the payoff of it setting the car on fire and their reaction to it. It was just perfect. Like, I, I was watching it with my wife, and she just audibly laughed because, like, they got down, they sit down. Ah, oh, that was crazy. <laughs> just went up in flames. Just, just burst out laughing. And it's just like, man, like the, like, the setups and payoffs comedically throughout this entire movie is so solid. And, and I, I just I just love that. Like, he falls asleep, and or he, or he starts playing... Uh, dance karaokeing to mess around gets his jacket stuck on the car rips it off turns back around is driving backwards <laughs> his life flashes in front of him you're going the wrong way ah, they're drunk <laughs> she's just doing all these things and you're like how do they know where we're going yeah, and then just, like, looking around, like, that whole scene, like, it's stressful, because uh, I really did feel the tension, 
but I felt the tension of all of those things happening and just I felt the the trouble that they were in like I really didn't know how they were going to get out of it like I felt like um, either it was something where um, I guess in in most modern day movies you can kind of see where scenes are going mm-hmm just because it kind of like I don't know if it follows a pattern and a rhythm that's like okay well this is gonna happen yeah but there's a like built-in this... escape hatch exactly but I feel like this movie comedically just shifted directions the way that comedy does like you take people in one direction then you take them into the next like I felt like it shifted direction in just the right way for it to really be comedic and great yeah a really fun double feature is to watch planes trains and automobiles and then watch Tommy Boy you yes. see a lot yes. of the similarities there and how one how planes trains and automobiles is really more of, of like a grandfather or father to those later buddy comedies totally oh man and then yeah and so from there on like i was taking some pretty active notes but like from the murphy's law the movie part on like i was just enjoying the movie like i was trying to take down some notes but i was just it was just uh an enjoyable pun intended ride it was just a really fun ride to just see how everything unfolded but then like the 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 hard turn like oh no i mean his wife has been uh dead for eight years it's like oh man like i guess that was like that was the heart of the story that we didn't see and like we saw him be a good guy throughout all these different scenarios and he was just like really holding back this uh sadness and um Mm. hurt really during thanksgiving and uh someone um on the internet pointed out how um if you look at his big trunk that he carries around with him those are all hotel stickers oh interesting yeah yeah those are all hotel stickers like on his um on his trunk that he had and that's why he carried it with him because I was like, well, that's weird. And uh, my wife was like, wait, why does he have this big trunk? And I was like, I don't know. She said, because comedy or like, I, like, I guess, but it's um, inconvenient it's, and yeah, heavy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But like, he's a traveling salesman. That makes sense. He travels a lot. He goes from hotel to hotel. He doesn't have a home. And I was just like, oh, wow. That was, that was really sweet. Like, oh, wow, now I really feel for this character. And then once Steve Martin puts it together, he's like, oh, wow, well, he's not just a nice guy, but he's a nice guy in need of a home. And he really saw Steve Martin as a guy who he really enjoyed hanging out with and enjoyed his conversation, despite how big of a jerk he was being. I was like, man, like, this movie took me in one direction and then completely another. And I really, really enjoyed that. John Hughes, man. John, John Hughes. Hughes. It was uh it was really good. Uh fun fact the movie made uh forty nine million dollars in the box office and it made twenty two million dollars in rentals. Oh probably VHS. Oh yeah. But it was fun. And again, I highly recommend watching uh the original trailer. Uh, we'll have it posted up on our uh Twitter account because it's just a treat. It's like he's this guy and he's that guy it's just like i i love pretty much all the trailers that we've done so far how you have the big voiceover guy what's his name again oh don long fontaine yeah man love his trade <laughs> i just love uh his voiceovers for trailers now there was a moment that i thought was a little spooky 
and fortuitous that there's no way it could have been an indication of anything. But oh, no. John Candy makes a comment about how he's a bartender in Jamaica. And then in Cool Runnings, he's a regular at a bar in Jamaica. Spooky. Wow. Spooky. Wow. Well, I think this really speaks to what we talked um we talked briefly about this uh last time we were recording after we recorded uh, about the John Candy Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, so um John Candy's uh cameo in Home Alone, another John Hughes film, uh was inspired by uh, the Dell character. Now, it, we looked it up and he's not the same character. He has but... a different name in Home Alone. But he was highly inspired by it. Um, yeah, a guy that needs to travel, so he bums a ride on the truck. And... Yep. Yeah, he was highly inspired by this movie. But um, but before we get too far into some headcanon, overall, um, <laughs> what would be your um, summary of the movie and just like your opinion of it? Like, what did you think of it? I think it's uh, a heartfelt film that doesn't necessarily have to take place at Thanksgiving. It can be any reason that you need to get home to your family. Uh, does have family at the core with Neil Page, uh, with Steve Martin uh, wanting to be with his family, and John Candy, Del Griffith wanting to be with his family as well. But for one of them, there's actually hope of getting there. So I think it has a lot of heart to it. It is very funny. A series. It's essentially a series of sketches between these two characters, which most buddy comedies. That's that's a great way to go um, because you can explore that relationship in so many different ways. And I think it still holds up. I, I think that uh, it's kind of timeless in, in the message that it's uh, kind of portraying through family, through uh, having to have patience, through being more cooperative and conscientious of other people. Um, and ultimately, both characters grow. And that's the most rewarding kind of story uh, as a viewer is to see these people grow and laugh at the same time. Totally. One thing I don't understand, though, is why John Candy had to get to Chicago from New York if he had nowhere to go. Hmm. That's a... <laughs> we know why Steve Martin wants to get there. Wait, yeah. Did he have a big why? shower ring convention or a big deal? Why was John Candy going to Chicago? That's a very expensive trip for having no reason to go like well it's the holidays better get on a plane that's crazy no let's see what the internet has to say about this plot let's see he's a traveling salesman they i mean that's it so the old traveling salesman has any reason to be anywhere just because he can make a sale i guess that's it that's my guess is that he's like hey listen i'm just oh yeah that kind of makes sense like that would make sense to me like Hey, he's just kind of befriending this guy who he is because he's looking for a connection. Like, because he makes all these meaningful relationships wherever he does go. He's like, hey, listen, I know a guy here. I know someone here. And he goes with the flow because he doesn't have any, um, like, true home. But he does make these meaningful connections with all these different people. Like, for him to have that relationship with the guy, like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, ah, still a million bucks short of being a millionaire. And um, even his um, relationships with, uh, getting the car rental for free or for his uh guys uh the guy's credit card or just the way he's able to be a very personable person i i guess that's 
what they would uh, justify it as. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I do know that in a lot of John Hughes's classic films, Chicago does represent home or family. And mm. so it's possible that Dell lived there with his wife when she was alive. And this Thanksgiving, he wants to go back there just to be where, where times were better, essentially. Huh. Yeah. Because Chicago is that, that familial uh, environment for him. And Michael McKeon has a cameo as the state trooper. That's right. Oh, man. This movie has everything. (laughs) It's got Ben Stein. It's got Kevin Bacon. It's got Dylan Baker. You know, he's that guy in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 who's, like, got that face that looks like he might smell something bad, but he's cool with it. Actually, the Dylan Baker reveal where he gets out of the truck and they start at the feet and they pan all the way up really slowly. Uh, my wife watched it and she goes, is he famous? Like, it's, that was a really dramatic reveal for a guy that I thought was going to be a lot more famous. It's got Martin Ferrero. He was in Jurassic Park. He got eaten while he was on the toilet. Oh... That is the lawyer from Jurassic Park, and he plays yeah. the second motel clerk. He does play the second one. He's like, uh, how about uh, I'll give you this money and a hell of a good watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, overall, like, I really, I think that the movie, um, I mean, it's it's really funny. Like, there's a lot of physical comedy that I feel like we don't see a lot of today uh, in most comedies. It was, uh, it, it, it used the camera work like as comedy, like the, the camera acted as a character as well. Like it took you in directions and then it revealed and it just, it was, a, I, I mean, it's really funny and I really enjoyed it. And interestingly enough, it was, I feel like uh, it had a kind of heart and the characters are written in such a way where I didn't really hate the characters, even though, like I was saying before, like Steve Martin's not very mm-hmm. likable, um, yeah. But I never really hated him. I was just like, oh, come on. Steve, come, come on. Like, I felt like he was just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if that movie were be made today, um, I feel like he, he would just be mean-spirited. Like, even more so than uh, verbally undressing him. Like, I feel like it would be harsh more than... Um, Annoyed. I felt like I felt like he was more annoyed, and he was just trying to do this thing, and he 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 wasn't trying to be social, but he was just kind of pulled into this situation. Whereas I feel like if the movie was made today, it would come off more mean, like oh gosh, like that was like awful. a cyberbully kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it was yeah. It was I for me, I felt like it was surprisingly heartfelt. Um, is very funny and entertaining, and I I really really enjoyed it. If I were to give you my reason to recommend, I would say, hey, if you're looking for a movie that has uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Matthew Lawrence and uh, Martin Ferrero, then this movie has them. Um, Also, uh, if you're looking for a great Thanksgiving movie to watch with the family. Except for the uh, the rental car scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the rental car scene, uh, send your kids uh, outside. (laughs) But besides that scene, 
it's fun for the whole family. One interesting thing to consider about the characters in looking at the comedy backgrounds of both these actors is Steve Martin predominantly came from a stand-up background, whereas John Candy was largely sketch through SCTV and the whole Second City curriculum. Uh, and I think the characterizations of these characters actually, it, it, some of that shines through. Where stand-up can be very isolated, uh, where you're kind of judging the quirks of other people. Uh, mm. You and I, we both love improv and stand-up, but that is one of the characteristics that you see in a lot of stand-ups. Whereas with John Candy's character, it is very much about people and recognizing we can't do this alone and we got to help each other mm. to get through this. So it is interesting to see that stand-up and improv nature next to each other. Um, but I think that that stand-up mind of Steve Martin, too, helps them advance to get out of certain situations that otherwise they they would have yes-anded themselves into a, a very bad place. Oh, totally. Yeah, like at one point in time, like with Adele, uh, they see – like Steve Martin really does give in to him in the, like, the automobiles part. Uh, Dell lets – or Neil gives Dale permission to like take the reins. And even when he did, like he was just – off the cuff so it it definitely was a balance of showing like the um like the positives and negatives of both of uh their personality types like dell wasn't the perfect nice guy you know mm-hmm. like he was well-meaning but he also sometimes was well-meaning to a fault or he's like hey i mean i was just doing this thing but he, he didn't need to be reined in sometimes so i thought that the odd couple dynamic uh, worked out with them as well. And I, I think that's a great observation about the whole stand-up and uh, sketch dynamic too, because that's yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. Not does, the goal of the movie, shows. but an interesting background. You heard it here first. The goal of the movie <laughs> was to teach you the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Are you guys ready to Plymouth Rock? <laughs> <laughs> so I did this by accident. Uh, but I'm so happy that this happened at the end of the movie, the post credit scene. Did you see the post credit scene? Yeah, I did it by accident as well. <laughs> at the end of the, the movie, boss from the beginning, he is just looking at the paintings. It's like just you just have to watch it. Well, I think that's as good of a transition as any to go into the head canon uh, part of the show, part of the show where we uh, come up with unique ideas about the movies and the untold stories based off the evidence provided by the movie John Candy's characters. Uh, We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I like the idea that John Candy is playing the same character just in different stages of his life in every movie that he has been in, like the the Mm -hmm. Candiverse. The Candiverse. Yeah. Candemonium. Candemonium. Like, I think that either... Because here's the thing. We talked about his character being a different name Mm -hmm. in... um, in Home Alone, but I think Dale might be... I've been calling him Dale the whole time. It's Dell, right? Dell. Yeah, Dell. Oh, goodness. I'm like... Like, like the Wisconsin Dells. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep on calling him Dale uh, just because I will forget that. Um, <laughs> so, Dale, uh, I think that might just be another alias that he came up with because, I mean, he did travel a lot. Um, he did have a smaller suitcase, so maybe this is... Uh, early in his life before he um, before he gets the bigger suitcase. Yeah, he plays Gus Polinsky in Home Alone. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like a made-up name. Yeah, it's like Bill and William. 
How are those? Yeah, like similar? windy peppercorn. Like someone who would be real, but if they, but they're only real from your like your childhood. Like, oh yeah, right. yeah. Like remember this girl? Oh yeah, windy peppercorn. Yeah, I believe that she would exist in the past. Like that's the kind of name <laughs> that uh, that Gus Polinsky is. Uh, my headcanon for planes, trains, and automobiles is uh, that you just apply the same twist ending at the end of Fight Club to the entire movie. Oh my gosh! Yes, mm-hmm. that's. <laughs> you have uptight Steve Martin on a plane. He's stressed oh, out. Wow. He's frustrated, and then all of a sudden, appears this footloose and fancy free. Uh, kind of rough and tussle uh, comedic wow. character to pull him along. And it would make sense because he does pick a fight with that guy at the airport, with the taxi cab guy at the airport. He does. Kinda and they give him a room. Well, they give him a room with just one bed. Why would they do that? Oh, oh man. So Steve Martin is so overworked and he hasn't seen his family in so long that he had to mentally create this other character who is his complete opposite to be everything that he wasn't. And so it took mm-hmm. him going through all these crazy things. Oh, man, I love that headcanon. I love that it's, so much. And it's not until Steve Martin's willing to accept him as as part of a friend and bring him in closer that you learn that uh, Dell's wife died. So it's starting to deconstruct Dell's world. Loosening yeah. connections with his immediate social circle so that he can internalize him. And the yeah. two shall become one in a biblical yeah. sense. I, I I really like that headcanon. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is really, really good. So yeah, rewatch the movie. It totally changes it for you. It really does. It makes it way darker. <laughs> but oddly, just as funny. If not funnier. Yeah. It's like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. (laughs) That's how Houdini died. So, um, I mean, I think that's the one to go out on. That's amazing. Um, So now we're going to go into the uh, recasting portion of the show where if we could recast anyone or if we could recast this whole movie, who would we recast? Now, we are aware that there was the movie that was an inspired Mm -hmm. um, or like people call it the the inspired remake uh, called Due Date. With um, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Zach Galifianakis, right? Um, so, Little different plot. It's not Thanksgiving. He's just trying to get home to to see the, the birth of his child, and right. Zach Galifianakis is trying to go to the West Coast to be an actor, right? Yeah. yeah. So the motivation is a little bit different, but the um, we do understand that that has basically happened. But uh, we're gonna recast it anyway. <laughs> New headcanon, Robert Downey Jr. is grown-up Little Neil. <laughs> it's it's like the vacation movies? Yes, it's like the vacation movie reboot. Like, now we are following Neil Page's son's journey across the country with another stranger. Oh, man. Perfect. The, uh, the Hughes-averse lives on. As far as recasting goes, I would probably... I don't know. Like, part of me wants it to be... Um, <laughs> I I just want them to do it again. Like I would love for them to just take the same script, and for John Candy, um, well, does he have any living relatives? John Candy, yeah. Um, not that I know of. 
Yeah. Ooh, you know who? Well, Belushi, the Jim Belushi. I feel like would be a good stand-in, oh, like just yeah. to pay the homage. Like if I were to do like an homage, like remake of it, it would be Jim Belushi and uh, David Spade. But if I were to do like a current up-and-coming cast, Bobby Moynihan and um, John Mulaney. Oh, Bobby! Mo- oh, that's great. I would oh, that's him. really strong. Yeah, because John Mulaney, I see, feel like is a very class. Like he's a great writer, and he writes for SNL. And I know that he, um, he's very much one of the more classic comics of this era, um, like of the modern day comics. He's still very old school. But I would say someone like uh, Aziz Ansari. I was gonna say Aziz Ansari too. You were too. Oh, man. yeah. Wait, I for which love- role? For Neil or for Dell? For Neil. Yeah, 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 for Neil. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> but I feel like, like, I feel like he would do, like, when he would, like, <laughs> lay into Dell's character, I feel like he would just do it, too. Like, no, man, when people think you're being tortured, and they say, hey, man, how can you do this? He's like, I'll tell you why. I'll talk to Dell. And they'll be like, yeah, I get it, because you're terrible. Like, that's how I imagine. <laughs> yeah. And that is my uh, amazing Aziz, I'm sorry. Uh, impression no that's great yeah i i would love to see steve carell okay yeah and then um seth rogan pops into my mind but that's because he did the the road trip movie with barbara streisand yeah so i my go-to for any recasting is josh gad yes i was thinking josh gad too i was thinking i think in sorry and josh gad are probably the dream that was the one yeah. That was the one. I was like, yeah, but we said Josh Gad last time, but I was thinking uh, that, too. Every week, Josh Gad. Yeah, we're going to see if we can make this guy's career just explode even more than Olaf did. Uh, no, Josh Gad movies. is a chameleon. He can fit into any story, play any character. Seriously. No, I, I think that that's that's solid. Yeah. My, so I have this idea. Like I've had this idea uh, for a while. Um, ever since uh, we stopped seeing Steve Carell as much in movies, I wanted him to come back and to do an odd couples movie, but right before they made the TV show remake mm. um, was when I had the idea. But it would be Steve Carell and Will Ferrell. That would be great. And so I think that would be, since this is kind of like an odd couple dynamic, I think that that would also be my third. I have three strings of casting you're here in that Hollywood. We got options. Yes, for these are all viable options. <laughs> We've talked about the transportation element of it, but there are so many other ways to travel besides planes, trains, and automobiles. So if you could change these three plot points to three other modes of transportation, what would they be and how would it affect the plot? Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> Let me think. So we have planes, trains, and automobiles. Can't use any of those. No automobiles? No automobiles. Well, okay. not just... It has to be something special about the car if it's... Okay. Yeah. So like a... So <laughs> so I could do um, drones, uh, boats, <laughs> and uh, hybrids. That's great. Drones, <laughs> boats, and hybrids. What would that movie look like? We follow the journey of a drone um trying to make its way uh, so if someone's flying a drone the drone gets disconnected from the gps 
and then the drone tries to find its way back, but then um, makes friends with an unlikely sparrow, and the sparrow helps the drone fly back home to meet its owner at his GPS location. Oh, so this is like a Pixar film. It's a Pixar film. Yeah, what if drones yeah. had feelings? Drone home. Oh, man. Titles drone are home. so on the point. That's good. Uh, all, all right. right. Mine would, would be Zeppelins, Gondolas, and Segways. And it would still be them. Wait, but gondolas? Gondolas, Make a pit yeah. stop to Italy? Yeah, so this all takes place in Europe. They, oh, oh, good. So like how vacation then did European vacation, this would yeah. be the European way, where they're still trying to get home for Thanksgiving because in Europe they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. It's probably a scene with like a really buff gondolier that makes Steve Martin uncomfortable. Yeah, I like that. I, I, here, let me try another one. It's a combination of... Um... Was it? Is it twenty twenty eight hours? Twenty eight days later. No, it's the one where the guy gets stuck in the in the cliff. Oh, one hundred and twenty seven hours. So much longer. (laughs) So much longer. longer. Oh, you don't cut your arm off after twenty eight (laughs) hours. I got places to be. It's been just over a day. I (laughs) better cut my arm off. Yeah, um, I would say for that uh, because I'm I'm thinking in the uh, in the vein of it being something like adventure like they're out in the wilderness so they have to like formulate these different devices and it's just like uh zip lines kayaks (laughs) yeah zip lines kayaks and mountain bikes it's like a family vacation gone wrong like they get stuck in the wilderness and then they run into this guy who's like a nature expert and he's just trying to become one really call it swiss family bothersome Oh, come on! You are just <laughs> delivering these titles! I think it barely makes sense. No, man. And no one uses it bothersome makes... if oh. they're not Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I got my head stuck in a hole. Oh, bother. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Flashback Flicks podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this, be sure to uh, give us a uh, rating on iTunes uh, because it really helps us uh, feel like we're family because we are like Olive Garden. When you listen to us, you family and family gives family five stars and uh, goes on cross country road trips. So be sure to rate us. Treat this like an Uber experience and give us the stars that will inform others of how the ride will go on. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter at at Flashback Flicks, uh, where we will be sharing with you guys uh, other fun information and the trailer for this movie, because the trailers are just all kinds of fun. So, be sure to find us there, and be sure to tune in next time when we join the Terminator and Darth Vader as they go postal on Christmas. That's right. Next time on the Flashback Flicks podcast, remember to be kind and rewind. Rewind.